to the different things that uh, each one of you was uh, sharing. Uh, I thought about a scripture here, and I think um, it was David Brooks that said we only have today. And I think also it was um, Steve that said that uh, ever since his uh, his brother Andrew and his own uh, sister-in-law passed that, that we needed to invest on each other uh, now, uh, not wait till tomorrow. There's something that uh, younger, younger than, than some of us perhaps cannot understand is that there comes a time when uh, you know you don't have the strength you had before. Uh, you get tired uh, sooner than, than you used to. You're not as quick as you used to. And it's hard to explain that to somebody that is not there. And, uh, and so uh, also, I think Brother Bill has said that many a time and perhaps sometimes we don't quite understand it, but he said he he could go any any any. He feels like he's already going down the last stretch of his time here in this earth. Uh, the truth of the matter is we don't really know. Uh, we could uh, talk about a lot of examples, but one of the ones that is to me very, very clear because it was somebody we had a very close relationship with, somebody we respected a lot, somebody we loved lots. That is the Ramirez family, uh, was Brother Ernest. And we have, he was coming to the, to Amherst, Amherst's wedding. And he said he'll be here. And I was thinking when I left this morning, I was going to, back to the house, I was thinking that uh, I was walking and I thought uh, he was, he left a meeting or a meal and he was just going that way and then somewhere over there he fell down and that was it. And uh, it was quite a surprise. So Hebrews chapter three says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today. That's all we got today. <clears throat> to us older folks, uh, we know exactly what that means. But you know, it says this for everybody. Whatever your age may be. Today, that's all we got. And so today, as we go to praise, Let's, let's think it's the last praise I, which it, it, it is a truth. We won't have another praise service like this. Whatever happens there, that's it. And whatever uh, you do today, that's it. And I believe what, that's what Paul was saying. This is the time to do it. This is what we have to do it. Let's not wait till tomorrow. Let us invest in each other. Let us 
seek the Lord now. Let us give our hearts now. Uh, the scripture is clearer than what I'm talking about because it says, do not harden your hearts. So let us open up our hearts. Let's soften our hearts as we come and praise. And open up your heart as the word comes, whoever brings the word. Open up your heart. So that's our life. All right, let's sing.
Good evening. It's good to see Mark playing the drum song. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Mark used to tell me <laughs> that he has forgotten more than I will ever learn. Back in the days when we worked together on mechanics and I thought I knew something. It has a way of putting it in your place. Thought I was ready Saturday. <laughs> and, uh, well, actually, there was some confirmation, but um, as time goes on, you start wondering. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> you know, if we were to have a, a whiteboard up here, um, <clears throat> we would have Karen. Keller come up and do the writing so you could all understand. But if we, if we were to have uh, everybody's name written down on a board where we could all see it, um, you could, next to their name, you could uh, write down um, their burdens and realize that Everybody has, is carrying a weight, a burden, or something that they need help with. Uh, something that is above them, above us, right? I mean, we would have to be very open. <laughs> um, and, uh, but we would realize that, that there's not one person and even a child that would not have something written next to their name about a place that they are struggling with or that they need help with. And you know, we, we, uh, we pray there are some, some needs that are more pronounced or more obvious. Um, and we pray for those all the time. It's good, I think we should. Um, you know, uh, and um, we lift those up before the Lord and we ask for help and wisdom and strength and uh, all those things. Um, and there's quite a few of them around. There are quite a few and more than we, maybe we remembered all the time. Um, but, um, uh, those are not any less important than some of the other burdens and weights that are not maybe even known by some, by all of us, by anyone. Um, and they're not any less of a weight or of trouble 
then, you know, I mean, I would say that uh, Kathy is, is a pretty good reminder to all of us of needing help, right? And, you know, Julian also, it's, it's, it's a big uh, burden that, you know, that he deals with on a daily basis, and we have many. We have, you know, Rowan and Amber and major needs all, all around. Um, Amaris, um, this thing, this are heavy things. And um, <clears throat> uh, the, the specific battle that, that you have that is not mentioned uh, or known is not any less important to, uh, to you and to God um, than, uh, than someone, you know, else. And so uh, my, my point is, <laughs> I just want to level the field for what I'm about to say, that, uh, that we all carry something that weights us down or that, um, that makes us realize that we need help beyond ourselves. Um, every one of us carries something, um, very likely from the very youngest. You know, you'd be amazed at some of the young, young people and what some of the needs are there. And then you add that to the parents' <laughs> burden and it gets a little bit heavier. Um, but um, there's, a, there's a verse, and Alicia read it the other day. I, I forgive her for stealing it from me. Um, oh, is that? Shoot. It was in the Bible. No wonder. It's in, it's in Matthew 11. <clears throat> um, we, we're all very familiar with it, but I, I came with this the other day, and... Um, Matthew 11, verse, last two verses, three verses. It's it, Jesus speaking, and he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, you know, I... For some reason that jumped at me the other morning. Just come unto me, all you that are labor and heavy laden. There's an invitation from the Holy Spirit to come to Him. Uh, for you not to carry that by yourself and on your own. And, you know, I, I like that. It says, come unto me, all you, all of you, not, not just the, you know, the ones that are obvious and the ones that are really struggling, uh, you know, physically, but come unto me, all you who are heavy, who have something, and I will give you rest. I will give you the life uh, <clears throat> that you need for the particular struggle that you have. You know, the, the thing that, um, that I appreciate about God is that He's uh, specific with you and I. Um, that He, maybe we'll get into this a little bit later or not. Um, but um, 
God knows your burden. And, and he knows how to help you individually. You know, it's not just a recipe that fits everyone. Um, but he cares individually about your, your weight, the, the struggles that you're having with. And uh, he provides the help. We don't always see it right away, but he provides the help that is specific for your situation. You know, that, that's a pretty uh, awesome God. Uh, when you start realizing uh, how specific sometimes he can get uh, in the particular battle that you're in and that no one else is able to see or no one else is able to, to help with. And um, another verse that I was thinking about is <clears throat> in Isaiah 55. And uh, Gabe read this the other morning as well. He also did not ask. Um, so really, I felt that my word was preached, and I don't really need to. Uh, not my word, anyway. Uh, Isaiah 55, it says, Oh, everyone that thirsted, Right? Let's just don't go over that so fast. Oh, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. Everybody thirsts. Everyone in this world thirsts. And they all, we all need water. Oh, everyone that thirsts, that come to the waters. Another invitation. Isn't it um, beautiful of the Spirit to invite us? Um, come to the water. Come to the source of, that can satisfy your thirst. You know, without that invitation, we wouldn't have any resource. And we wouldn't have answers for the things that are weighing us. Um, but, you know, Jesus said it, and it's, you know, I just picked a couple that were highlighted to me. Just, just the, the um, awesomeness of God to know what our need is and extend an invitation to come for help. Um, just, oh, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. And he that had no money, that doesn't matter. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money, and without price. You can't manufacture the, 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 the price, the, uh, the cost of what it's, gonna, what it's gonna give you, that wine and that milk that you need. You cannot make it on your own. It says, wherefore, verse two, do you, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Man, we love doing that. Really, when you start looking at your life and you start seeing all the efforts and all the things that you do, you start realizing how much you actually, how much effort you spend for that which doesn't give you any life. Right? You labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. 
This is what Gabe uh, read the other morning. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. It's, you know, it's, it's not almost, but it is as if the Spirit of God is wanting to give you the answer for your problem. The solution for, for your need. He is, has it readily available uh, for you to have. And, you know, all his requirement is that we would come, that we would answer the, the call, we would answer the invitation of the Spirit that says, you're thirsty, I, I am the source of life. I am the one who, who can give you the answers for what you need. Come and listen. Come and hearken unto me. You kind of have to listen to be able to know what the answer is going to be to your problem. You know, we come to God with our problems and we tell him what our problems are and walk away and don't listen for the answer. Not that, you know, God is out there just with a microphone giving answers, but he has answers uh, for the questions and the weights that we carry. He does have those. Um, I don't see them as, as uh, often and as fast as I like to see them. But I have seen over the years how God does answer uh, the, the, the desires and not so much the desires, but the, the burdens and the weights uh, that we carry. Um, and even those that, that are not so good. God is a God that knows and sees past what we can see and is able to bring us uh, to, to a place that is fruitful. And he does allow things at times that are not so great, but he can turn those things into that which he intends in all of us. You know, and that, that's a painful process. Uh, it's a painful process for us, and it's very painful to watch, uh, especially your children go through that. But, uh, you know, there, there uh, I love that, um, that verse that says that uh, God's word does not return void. You know, it always has its purpose. And I think Lindsay mentioned something about that this morning. You know, God is, is that, doesn't waste time. Um, and we look at situations, we look at our own lives, and we look at others and uh, our families and, and think that, man, there was, uh, where is this going? There is no fruit in that. Um, this is never going to have a good end. And it's not that it's easy, but it's, it is true that God has a purpose in all that. And that he will bring things around to the way that he intends. Um, and uh, <clears throat> although we worry, uh, we don't have to. If we were more spiritual, we probably wouldn't. Uh, because we would, we would see that, you know, then there is evidence uh, in our lives and through the, through the Bible of God always bringing forth and the promise that he made. He has always come through with his promise. Um, you know, Abraham took him a long time to, to bring forth the promise, but God didn't fail him. 
God did not fail him. And, you know, many examples, God didn't fail uh, his word. And it doesn't make it any less true for your particular battle and for mine. It's just as true as it was for some of those examples that we, you know, uh, talk about and, and, and revere. And so, you know, it's, it, 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 there's an invitation to come um, to the source of life. Um, because uh, there, 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 uh, there is an answer. And it requires uh, hearkening. It requires a listening. Uh, it requires, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why Brother Bill is so big on offering yourself. It requires, are, are you going to him and saying, Lord, I am here. You know, as naked as I am, as, as uh, ugly as I am, I am here before you one more time to hear what you have to say. Um, I, I, teach me, uh, we don't even know how to listen. It's the problem. You know, we, we, we can't sit still. Uh, there's so much being inputted into us that uh, we, we're always doing something and uh, it requires an asking him to learn how to, how to obey, how to hear uh, what he is saying. Uh, you know, one of the, as a young person, one of the biggest questions I think that we all had were, you know, how do you hear God? How do you hear God? Uh, you know, I don't know that there's anybody here that can get up and say, this is how you hear God. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, God makes his word and his voice heard somehow. And we don't know exactly how, but when he's ready to speak and he's ready for you to listen, uh, he does speak in a way that you can hear. And, and that's, that's not your responsibility or mine as much as it is on him, but it is our responsibility to, to ask and to uh, uh, incline ourselves to what he wants to say. Um, and a lot of times we hear things that aren't God. But he, he makes sure that we, that we learn that. that. That we learn to hear the right thing. That, that's on him too. Um, to, to make sure that his... And, and he is not afraid about us hearing the wrong thing. I don't believe. Uh, I believe that, that God is, is very um, specific as to how you should be led. And you know, that it's, this, because this is his work, not anyone else's. This is not a man's work. Sometimes, you know, we sure have our hands all over it. But at the end of the day, uh, it's God the one who is doing the work. And, you know, you, you, we all have to come to terms with that. Um, that, uh, that God's work is God's work. And you may see humans' hands all over it a lot of time. But, um, but at the end of the day, God is the one who's molding and who's shaping. And he uses the likes of us to, to, uh, to help purify that process. Uh, and we don't like it. Uh, but it's still him. And, and no one is going to mess that plan. Nobody is going to, uh, <clears throat> to make that go the opposite way of what he intends it to be. Another verse that I want to read, um, it's in John 5. <clears throat> um, 
And I'm, you know, don't just want to emphasize the uh, importance of the invitation of the Spirit to all of us. And, you know, we, we saw it here a couple of times to, to a whole nation, to a whole world. Um, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden. And then everyone that thirsts. That's, that's pretty broad. But here in, uh, in John 5, gets a little bit more specific. Um, and uh, we're familiar with this, with this story, so I just want to highlight a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> verse, um, uh, it's only five or six verses. I'll read them. Verse one, it says, after, there, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called, in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk. So just, you know, don't lose that line. There was a, a multitude there, that's a lot of people, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and trouble the water. You know, that seems a little bit of a cruel joke there. <laughs> uh, you know, the angel only came every once in a while. And there was a lot of people there. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever the seas he had. That's a pretty amazing thing there. Then verse 5, it says, And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity, thirty and eight years. That's a long time. Thirty and eight years he had this infirmity. I'm sure that there were many there. I heard that, Richard. And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. So, you know, Jesus knew that this guy had been there a long time with this need, right? A long time he had been carrying this. And so he says unto him, will thou be made whole? Again, now let's finish reading. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. So then we know what Jesus, you know, he told him to get up and rise up and walk and take his bed. And, and he, he is able to do that. But what, what caught my attention again was that there were a, a multitude of people there. A multitude of people with need. And Jesus knew that this guy had been there a long time. And goes to him and extends a personal invitation to him. And the response of this guy was that he had no one to help him. And I, I wondered, and this is just my speculation, nothing to do with anything spiritual, but wondered if 
If almost, if everybody there, that multitude had someone there that could help them get into the water. And Jesus picked the one guy that he knew couldn't get there himself. And the guy that says, I had no one to help me is the one that had the specific invitation because there is no one that can help you in your need. And until we realize that, you know, the pool was right there for them to be healed. It was all the provision was made. The angel would come. Uh, and, you know, all those things were great, except this guy had to realize, like you and I, that, you know, all, that, all those provisions may be there, but there's still no one that is able to help you unless it's the Lord God himself. The only true help that we can get is not going to come from an angel waving, you know, touching the water every once in a while. It's going to come from the Lord himself extending an invitation. And you know, it still requires an answer from you. He didn't come and lay hands on him and say, be healed. He said, do you want to be healed? You know, it makes me think that sometimes our prayers should be, Lord, help me want to be healed. Help me want to be delivered, to not be bound by those things, by the burdens and the weights. <clears throat> Will thou be made whole? Lord, no one can help me. Perfect. You're the perfect candidate. That's just what I was looking for. You know, there, there's a multitude here, but I'm here to help you because you're the only one that has no one else to help you. You know, and I think more and more, we're all realizing that, that we can't get help anywhere else. That the only help that we can get is when he delivers, when he gives his word, when he touches us, then we're really free. Not before, but when God chooses to allow us to be released from, from the weights that, that hold us back. You know, <clears throat> thinking about that and I, When Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he, he um, an interesting conversation, but he offers her, again, he makes an offering to her. You know, she, she wants to provide something that she has, and he says, well, if you knew who I was, you would be asking of me, and I could give you, and I wrote it down, whatsoever, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, the solution that God gives is not temporary. It's permanent. 
is to, to, uh, to release you from all your bondages and all the things that have held you back. You know what? She, she gets all excited about it and she says, hey, give me the drink. Give, give me all this water. And, and Jesus gets right to the core of what he wanted to say. And it's the, the things that hold you back is all these alliances, all these marriages that you've had all your life. That's the everlasting water. What I can give you can release you from the things that have held you back and all the commitments that you've made uh, with sources that don't bring forth life that is everlasting. You know, all those things that we align ourselves with and that we make our own arrangements, marriages with, they do hold us back. And the Spirit of God's desire is to release us and to give us the answer to those things. You know, right here uh, in, in that particular story, Jesus is giving her the key of all her problems. He's giving her the answer that she needed for all her issues. And, and that is, that's the heart of God, is, is to, to pour His life into us so that we are not bound by our own limitations anymore. Um, and, 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 you know, He's, he's offering that to his people. Um, and it, it just takes, and just not just, but it takes a continuing to go before him to, to say, Lord, I want to know and I want to hear how you're speaking, how you're leading, how you're, you're showing, how, how you're, you're guiding me so that I can be delivered from the things that really... Uh, you know, are more uh, detrimental to my life than, you know, than just, uh, I think it's easy for me to say, right? But uh, I think, you know, Julian and I don't want to pick on him, but all these physical needs are going to be okay in time. And I'm not saying that's going to be easy, but I'm saying those are going to be okay. What I am not so sure sometimes is how this heart is going to be. Because <laughs> um, that's a real need and that's a greater need than some of the physical needs that are all around us and some of the physical needs that we have ourselves. Those, those things will eventually pass away or they'll, or they'll be there till the end. And although that may not be easy, um, what God is interested in more than anything is our soul. Our soul is sick. And our soul is the one that needs the help from the Holy Spirit and the one that needs to, to, to the, the living water that can release it from all its, you know, uh, bondages and, and give it the, the right kind of uh, sustenance that it needs to live uh, and not die. Because otherwise, you know, our soul is destined to, well, it is actually going to live forever, but may not be in the right place. And, you know, the, the Spirit of God and His burden, I believe, His intent maybe not his burden, um, is to, to, to bring his people uh, to a place where they're free uh, to, to live uh, in a life that is everlasting and that doesn't ever die. Um, that, that, and, and a life that brings forth life and gives life to others. Um, and, you know, that's the process of the work that we're involved in. That, uh, that 
we don't see with our eyes all the time, but it's, it's the process of, of what God uh, is doing in, in all of our lives. And um, I want to go to... Um, I think I want to go to Revelation. Kind of veer from my notes there for a little bit. It took um, Esther. Um, we're so familiar with some of these stories, but um, and Esther, um, when she knew that, when Mordecai made it clear that, that Haman was after him and after her, um, it took Esther going to the king um, for her to be released from that weight. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, thought it interesting that, you know, it's a process, right, for Esther to, to get ready to uh, go see the king. And it was, um, I don't know, highlighted in thinking about this to me that, you know, even though Esther made the arrangement to meet with the king, it didn't, it didn't have nothing happen until the king asked her, what is it that you want? Um, what, you know, and, and, you know, it was the whole thing, you know, I think it was a two or three times that that she made banquets and stuff to go be with the king and Haman and all that and every time the king would ask her um, and you know, let's, let's read it, it's just four verses there in Esther 7 And this is, I think, yeah, this is the last time, the third time that she goes to the king and, or, or that she, the king will ask her, what do you want? And she says, well, let's, can, can we do this again uh, tomorrow or, you know, just you and, and Haman. And verse one of chapter seven, it says, so the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther, the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day of the banquet of wine, what is thy petition? Esther, Queen Esther. 
And you know, Esther knew exactly what, <laughs> what her need was. Um, so think about that. And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed. Think about your need, okay? Like, this is you. Put your name in there. It shall be, you, you know, it shall be granted and your request is going to be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. And then this verse is really what we all need to understand. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, to perish. That is your destiny and my destiny that the enemy has intended for you. And he intends to make that happen. You know, <laughs> he's going to do everything in his power for you to be destroyed, slain, and perish. But, you know, I like it that Esther had it clear in her head where the battleground was. You know, and, and she says it later on, you know, if, if it had been that we were going to be made slaves or something else, I wouldn't ask you. But it's my life that we're talking about here. And, you know, we don't see that as the real issue a lot of times in our life. We see the problems. We see the things that happen to us. But the real issue is, are we crying out to God that, Lord, it's my life, that my soul, that will perish if it were not for the help of your spirit, if it were not for the release of your spirit so that um, we're not bound and destined to death and to perish. I believe that, that God does dispense that help and that he does, his intention is for us to to be released from all these things. But my point is, you know, Esther had to make an effort to go to the king over and over and over. And the king extended the offer. And this, you know, is saying, has said, how may I be a service to you? How can I help you? How can I help you? What is your petition? What is really the desire of your heart? Is it the aches that you have? Is it the things that bother you? Or is it, Lord, there's a desire in my heart for my soul to receive the help that you have available for me, that you have made available so that I can be released from this burden of sin, from this weight uh, that binds me to this earthly realm. Because those things are the things that are, you know, predestined of their own to want to destroy and want to kill and take out the life. And, you know, again, no one can harm the life of God. That's clear. But the going before Him, the inclining our ear, the, the uh, making our, ourselves available so that He can release His help 
towards us. You know, the king could have helped Esther at any time that he wanted to, but it took Esther realizing her need and going before him and saying, I, I, I need you. I need your help. And another story that... Um, Just uh, let me just tell it to you. And it's in Second Samuel 19. Um, when, when King David, you know, had fled from Absalom and was wanting to come back, was still not, not back to his kingdom. Um, it's interesting that that he didn't just come right back, but that he went to the priest or he sent someone to talk to the priest and said, why are you not asking me to come back? And I should really read it because it's a great verse there in um, 2 Samuel 19. Is that 11? This is uh, verse 11. And King David sent to Sadak and Abiathar the priests speaking, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last? Okay? <laughs> Still typical. Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house? You know, that, that hit me. Why are you the last to ask, for, to ask me for help? You go everywhere else. You look for all kinds of sources. Why am I the one who has the answer for you? The last to be asked for the help that can release you forever from your burden. We do it all the time. We pick him last. And he's the one that has the answer that can truly give us the life that we need. And then towards the end of that chapter, you know, the, 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 the people of Israel are having a problem as to why they brought the king back. And uh, I, I just love this. You know, uh, the people of Israel are, are having a problem with Judah because they brought the king back. And I like the fact that it says that there's a whole argument there. But it says that the, pe the, the children of, Israel, of Judah were fiercer than the children of Israel. It's not about comparison of how fierce you can be, but it's about that cry in your heart <laughs> to be fierce. Uh, Mia, you know, uh, saying it tonight, Lord, we are not going to leave until you come and meet us. You know, is there, is there a fierceness in your heart to continue to go back, to continue to request, to not get tired of saying, Lord, I don't want you. I, I, need, I know I've been everywhere else. Been through all the other sources, but I know that you're the only one that can bring the life, that can bring me the deliverance of my soul so that it will have everlasting life, the life that never dies. Amen. Um, thinking about this is such a, a glut in the right way of the word that resides here and yet um, 
how often do we really employ it? I feel like tonight, there, there, it's like there's a call to action, like you almost ought to be saying now, what is it that I need to ask for? What is it that I know to do? Like we know so much to do, and yet at times we're just uh, weighted down with worry and fret. Like uh, was the gentleman course said, that professor said, man ought to always pray and not lose heart. But they don't. But they don't. And I love this scripture, and it's also in the Bible. It says, it just underscores the significance of asking. Sometimes that's all it takes. Just you get way down the road with something, and you have not really asked or taken it to God. Or just to unburden yourself to the one who is there waiting to take the burden. And it shall come to pass, this is in Isaiah 65, that before they call, I will answer. Like, even before there's a word on our lip, before we he's got the answer all of me all is required is somebody call somebody ask somebody cry out I got the answer even before you do it's there it just takes an asking and I will hear uh, and while they are yet speaking I will hear. I mean, that's pretty good. What else could we, what more could we want to know? Before we lift our burden, he's the answer there. Obviously, it may not come in the way or fashion that we want it to be engineered. Again, and we don't have power that way. But it, we do have power to ask. So, Lord, help us tonight. Any anything else? Good service. Lord, we look to you for this uh, this word that you would help us to be those that would would come before you, Lord. That we would not just have the, the mental understanding, but we would employ our part, Lord, and, and come before you. Lord, and find help in time. We thank you for that. And Lord, together, collectively, we hold Kathy before you tonight in particular, that you would touch her now, Lord. Hear the cry of her heart, Mark's heart, Lord. We pray, Father, for your purpose, Lord, that supersedes all of our own personal interest and desire to have its way in Kathy's life, in Jesus' name. I also ask you for Diana, be with her and the, the dealing that she's there working through with, with Siobhan and Mike in that situation. We lift up the Greers to you, Lord, as they prepare to head overseas also, go before them. And Father, we, we, we ask you, Lord, for traveling mercies, particularly on the river. Watch over us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.